Hello, everybody. Live from Koreatown, Los Angeles on a gloomy day. It's the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry, also known as the Icons with a Z or a Z if you're across the pond. How you feeling? Like Groovy Scoob. Nice. Ikes. That's funny. Because I'm feeling like, oh, yeah. You feeling like the macho man. Randy Savage. Ah. How many of you guys grew up listening to the greatest cut promos in the history of mankind? The WWF, folks, not the WWE. Anyways, baseball started. We're very happy about it. It's going down in college basketball. The NFL is constantly going down. Uh, Man, so much to happen. So much that happens on a weekly basis in sports. And so much that happens. I want to start doing a show just about the Twitter arguments I get in about sports. There's so many people with so many opinions. They should all start a podcast, and no one would listen. But uh, but we got a lot to cover today and a little time to do it. We're kind of in a time crunch because we're trying to put something special together for you for Canelo versus Danny Jacobs. And we got to go. We got to go, folks. We got to go. So let's get it started straight away. Um, yesterday, can you believe this? Yesterday marked the 30th anniversary of... Of Ken Griffey Jr. making his debut on the Major League Baseball stage. One of the best baseball players to ever lace, lace him up. up. Lace him up, T! Lace him up! Wow. Leather and lace, brother. Man. Right on? And and I proceeded to get in an argument with somebody online about war. Because... What are you uh, for? <laughs> absolutely! Say it again now! God. War! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got in a fight with somebody online. And uh, I won just because I was violent. No, <laughs> it's not the answer, folks. Violence is not the answer. Oranges are not the answer either. You may need another source of calcium. <laughs> but uh, no, so uh, it was interesting because the kid had the sweetest swing, man. I mean, one of the sweetest swings you'll ever see, but the, the easily the sweetest swing that I ever got to watch consistently. Are you going to tell me that you would take Mike Trout over King Griffey Jr.? Would you tell me that? I'm not going to tell you that, but I don't. I actually, from what I understand, war doesn't tell you that. I don't think. No, Ward does tell you that. Oh, does it? No, way, way, way ahead of King Griffey Jr. Really? Well, well, my my conversation really just laid around talking about how Alex Rodriguez is ahead of King Griffey Jr. when it comes to war. <laughs> and to me, this totally and completely nullifies war as a statistic. Because if there's anybody who watched the careers of Alex Rodriguez and watched the careers of uh, King Griffey Jr. versus Alex Rodriguez... As a person, as a teammate, as a clutch player, it's just I don't see – I don't even think A-Rod's mom would choose A-Rod over uh, Ken Griffey Jr. She would. She would. But she's a, a homer. It would be a terrible decision. She would because she would never get a clutch base hit, <laughs> ever. She'd get a double play when you need a strikeout. She'd get a strikeout when you need contact. Oh, man. But uh, but the kid – tell me your favorite kid play. Uh, you know what? It's not a defensive play. It's an offensive play. It's not even a home run. It's him running around the bag to score that winning run in against the playoffs. Against the Yankees. Against the Yankees. That when they first ball. started, you know, that was when they yeah. first started the wild card. Yes, and that was awesome. Man, that was awesome. That was incredible. And, you know, what we were talking about yesterday was that, you know, there is no war statistic for something like that or when he makes these game crazy game-saving uh, catches or any of that kind of stuff. Well, and the thing is, is I'm sure in some way war has decided that his crazy game-saving catch – has a value, but what it can't measure is the value that it then has on Jay Buhner or on Edgar Martinez or on Harold Reynolds or on Randy uh, Johnson or on, you know, the other players that it then inspires. Right. 
There's no metrics you know? for that. There's, there's no there's no metric. You have to have watched the game to really understand. And you have to have played the game so that you can get that feeling from when somebody turns it up. And you're like, oh, oh. man, I got to elevate. Oh, this yeah. is the perfect game. It's the perfect game. I, did, you, did you notice whenever you see a no-hitter or a perfect game, there's always at least one fantastic defensive play yes. that's made. Always. Because and everybody has to tighten elevated. up. That's it. And the reason why war is flawed because it doesn't give enough to the team. Because if I have a... What a f- I don't know how long Mike Trout has been in the league. I always use Mike Trout as a frame of reference because that's the guy who they all set the standard by. But if I've played with Mike Trout his whole career right now, my war, I feel like if I played every day with him, should be just like Mike Trout's. Wow. <laughs> should you get half of his 430? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he gave me 430. <laughs> Bus fare. <laughs> get out of my face, kid. <laughs> But Mike, I play right field. I'm Cole Calhoun, dude. <laughs> yeah, for instance, Cole Calhoun, what is his war? Absolutely none. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> his war is young. I can tell you that. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to harp on that all day. I'd rather talk about the game that we love that has uh, that has restarted. So opening day came and went. We saw crazy, crazy offense. Yeah. Crazy offense for the is flying. The uh, I feel like the balls are juice. But then again, we go to some of these pitchers. Some of these pitchers are shutting it, you down. This is the thing. It's a, it's it's completely extreme at this point. Feast or famine, right? I feast or famine. When I think and I, by the way, Jake Degrom is still the best pitcher in baseball. <laughs> you know what? Who's better than Jake Degrom? He can't get Jake Degrom. Uh, he ain't better than OJ Mayo. <laughs> Who's better than Jake Degrom? You know what? Blake Snell woke up. So that's after Blake Snell got shelled by the Astros. Yeah, but I don't want to hear that. But Jake don't DeGrom, worry. But don't worry. Jake it's going to come for Jake Degrom too. It comes for everybody. Well, well. Side note: Jake Degrom has twenty six straight quality starts. So it's been a long time coming for Jacob. Yeah, DeGrom. But I'm talking about runs scored, not just the quality start, but the runs that are going to score. Well, quality like starts for- actually has a run scored component. Yeah. So but Jacob, Snell, Jacob keeps you in the game. I'm not saying Blake yeah. Snell's a bum. What I'm saying is is unequivocally, Jacob DeGrom, if you look at the numbers and you watch the games, there there hasn't been a blip in the Jacob DeGrom radar in a, about, you know, I watched the game since last, last played, June. And actually, Jake DeGrom should have lost the first game, but it was just bad base running by Victor Robles and a couple of – because Max Scherzer actually pitched better games and than what, he did. And what you're talking about is actually bunk because that's not saying that's not they should have lost. All that would have done is tie the game. No, they wouldn't have. It was one to nothing, T. I watched the game. I watched one the game to nothing. Too, and, and, and Victor Robles played himself. Yeah, he played himself, but that would have that would have made. They had him first oh, and third with no out. Oh, imagine that, and, and he so, got out of it. But he, and he got out of it because he's the best pitcher no, in baseball. That wasn't, that wasn't because of him. That was because of somebody on the offensive side not playing the game the right way. That's not Jake Degrom. Jake Degrom put himself in trouble, and Jake he got and he DeGrom, didn't pitch himself out of trouble. Jake Degrom great, did pitch himself a, out of great trouble. Defensive play helped him out. Jake, that was not a great defensive play. Jacob Degrom had runners on first and third. With one out, and you know what Jacob Degrom got the offensive player to do? Roll over. <laughs> Jacob roll over did his job. He got he got spread rollover minutes. Yeah, he got rollover. What do you what do you want? Yeah, but the why place. are you fighting Jake Degrom? I don't understand. I'm not fighting Jake Degrom. You I'm are saying that you're saying that he's the best. I always who's like better than Jake Degrom? Like Show me. Blake Show me. Blake Snell. Blake just Snell just got had shelled. A but one game. You can't get shelled one game now. That's like getting knocked down. I'm not. That's not like that. I'm saying right now, and I said Blake. Blake Snell, I just said he's I would still. I, would I said he's Blake. still. Only reason why I wouldn't take Blake Snell is because Blake Snell is in a. Well, I have to take Blake Snell because it's because he's in the toughest division in baseball. I can't roll, T. 
And he's play, you know what? He's 20, tra- 26 straight quality starts. I'm not going by the quality start. I, no, 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 no. I'm I am because you know why? Last year, Jacob DeGrom played on a terrible team. He did. And, and, he, stayed, Blake and he stayed. No, they're talking about Blake Snell's team was great. They won 90 something games. Because of him. He, he, he won 90 games last just year? About. No, he didn't. But the guy, the guy had won the most games in baseball last year, right? Yeah, Blake Snell yeah. dealt. I'm yeah. not saying he, he's Cy Young. He dealt. Thank you. There's no two ways about it. He's just not better than Jacob and, DeGrom. And his team was not better than the, the Mets. He didn't have that kind of yeah, talent. They were. He did not, they he have, did not have that kind of talent. First and foremost, they had a better coach. So, so they they did, but the coach doesn't play, they, and they did have that kind of talent because what they had, what the Mets had, was Jacob Degrom. They had honestly, Jacob could have had more wins. Obviously, the I think Tampa only Bay Devil Rays, the Temple, well, not Devil anymore. They took yeah, they, 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 take the Satanism out, brother. <laughs> they take their ties out. <laughs> but, <laughs> take Beelzebub out, bub. <laughs> yeah, but they they had a bunch of ragtag fugitives, minor leaguers, and everything else, and they had uh, they came out with a new something. Which is the opener, which worked for them, with but dominant, yeah, dominant, which is dominant, which is in the best division in baseball. The coach was great. The the team, the organization is great. I think that they're not in a great location, which is one of the biggest problems. But I would take Blake Snell, honestly, a young Blake Snell. I would like to have both of them, honestly. But Blake Snell, to me, is the best pitcher in baseball still, just because I don't get mad because the guy has a blip. I agree. But what I'm saying is, is I also can't give the guy the who wrong. has a blip. <laughs> I can't give the guy. wrong, <laughs> oh, wrong. I can't give the guy who has a blip more credit than the guy who doesn't have a blip and steal deals. Well, I saw. I like I said, I have Blake Snell on my fantasy team. Wasn't well, I saw Jake, Jacob Degrom literally right now has an All Star team. They look great. The Mets <laughs> they look, great. look incredible. The Mets look great. great work. Shout out to, uh, to to Callaway and to the the the. Oh my goodness, the Wilborns, the Wilpons. Shout out to Jeff Wilborn. Wow. You put it together, man. Yeah, your man. My man. I need to call Jeff and him on the line. Yeah, because um honestly, that league man, they, that, that division team, over there is there's parity in that division. That there sure is. That might be the best division in baseball. I, I will I would say this at this point, this is the best division in baseball. Because they're actually all playing well. Washington, Philadelphia. The Washington Atlanta Philadelphia Braves. has had an incredible series. Yeah. You talk about a series you wish you could go to. Those guys, man, those last two games have been fantastic. And they're in the middle of one right now. Yeah. Yeah. Bryce Harper swinging a stick. And staying on base. And staying on base. Now, they had picked Manny Machado to have a better season than Bryce Harper, but I would, I, he shouldn't because Manny Machado is not in the same kind of lineup that Bryce Harper is in. They and have, also, he plays in Yellowstone yes. versus the that yes. tiny Cracker Jack box. First time they, yesterday, though. And this yeah, more oh, to and come. hits him, they're going <laughs> to go. more to come. They're going to go. And that bomb that Bryce Harper hit to, to kick it off was <laughs> incredible. Wow, that was. The kid's a stud. No two ways about it. Yeah, I love to watch. I love to watch him because the way he plays the game, he plays, he plays hard, just like King Griffey Jr. I, that's what I was passion. gonna say. He plays. He plays with the kind of passion that can get you hurt. Yeah, which is how they used to teach you how to play the game. Yeah. I don't know if they even still teach you that. Yeah, you got to pull back a little bit. You yeah, can't give it all. Can't leave it all on the field anymore. No, I think that uh, you know Bryce Harper's situation. That lineup is nice. Uh, you know, honestly, it looks like Jake Arrieta figured his game out again. Jake Arrieta, you know, he's just an average pitcher to me. Uh, you know, he had a great season one time, and then they went crazy over him. There's nothing wrong with Jake Arrieta, but he's just an average. He's a maybe a little bit above average. He's not an elite pitcher. You know, and I think that they put him in an elite status too quick because I think for you to get elite status, you need to do it for a few years. I know? agree. And he hasn't done it for a few years. Kind of like Jacob DeGrom versus Blake Snell. No, not really, because Blake Snell has done it for a couple of years. No, Isn't that right? No. 
Pee Wee. No, Blake yes, Snell yeah. one year. No, Blake Snell was good the year before. He no, he wasn't. Yes, he was. He wasn't great the year before. But he, he wasn't was great. Decent. But he was good. That doesn't make him elite. He's elite now, right? And this, you not according to what you just said. No, I'm talking about his game. You now said, I said you now. Said a, you, Jake Arrieta is not jump, Jake Arrieta elite after a couple. Jake Arrieta is not elite now. I agree, but he's good. Exactly, he's serviceable. Oh, now I mean serviceable. Neither, oh, okay. neither, neither one of them are better than Jacob Degrom. Yes, okay. I'm just saying. Okay, I would take Max Scherzer totally over all of them. Honestly, not me. I would. No, and 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 if I we think, could and I teams. think and I think Max, I was just about to say, because and Pete Alonso is and, an animal. And, and, <laughs> Pete, you're an animal. <laughs> I think uh, I think Max Scherzer has made it clear that he is. Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw are the mark for this generation. There's just no arguing that whatsoever. Max Scherzer's numbers over the past decade are insane, absolutely insane. He's durable, honestly. I just read an article that was interesting that talked about how he is one of only three guys that actually lived up to the big contract, uh, three pitchers. Right. I can't remember where where it was that I read that. I follow Max Scherzer in the minor leagues. He's been great. And he just needed he needed great. a little. He was on Arizona. He came up and he just and he and he and he couldn't throw strikes. Yeah, and, and he was wild. Go. I think they did. and then and then when he hooked up with Justin Verlander in Detroit, everything changed. It. Yes. Whatever Jimmy Leland was telling him out there and whoever their pitching coach was out there, they got him together. He always had the confidence. Even when he was wild, he always had the confidence. Right now, Max Scherzer's uh, ERA is 2.13. He has 21 strikeouts in 12 innings. That is He'll get you out of there. He'll get you out of there. he get you out of there. Max getting you out of there. You're getting out of there. Yeah. He Man. punched out 300 guys last year. And every year. And he's also... And it's not his fault. He made one mistake in that game, and they made him pay. And yeah, he's, right. he was facing somebody who... And, and his team didn't pick him up, but he yeah, was facing team. somebody who, who also is game for the challenge. Yeah. And, uh, and I tell you what, he's a prime example of a testament, in my opinion, to throwing. Yeah. He doesn't need to be taken out. He doesn't need to be babied. Max Scherzer throws. And he pitches, and he pitches, and he pitches. And if he needs to throw 110 pitches, he throws 110. On over the day. <laughs> Chances are Max doesn't usually need to throw 100 pitches. Well, he might. Only, only he reason he out. does, he strikes. He needs to strike out 12, 15 yeah. guys a game. And he enjoys striking people out. He does. And that's the worst type of dude to face because you think to yourself, he ain't striking me out. Hey! He struck me out, dude. <laughs> Four times. Patrick. Yeah. You yeah. ready for your boy Jacob DeGrom stat? Lay it on me. Lace him up. 13 innings. Two walks, 24 strikeouts. Wow. And a zero he, ERA. He's he getting you out of there. He is the man. <laughs> he puts his thumb on my neck. <laughs> Jacob DeGrom is oppressive. That's yeah. what it is. His pitching is oppressive. His pitching is oppressive. Yes, let's not make it. Jacob isn't actually actively oppressing anyone <laughs> except for offense. But his, uh, yeah, his wow. That wow. He's getting you out of there. It never stopped. Last season never stopped. He just has it. Just rolled over. Just rolled over. And he gets you to roll over if he wants you to. But if he doesn't want you to make contact, he can make that happen too. Yeah. Wow. Now, let's let's go and speak about this no-hitter situation because this is something else that I got into it on Twitter about. That chapped your hide. It really did. This kid is in the seventh inning for the Baltimore Orioles, a bum organization. He's in the seventh inning, and he's pitching a no-hitter. He gets an out. And here comes the manager out of the dugout 
And he says, are you kidding me right now? And a manager seems like he contemplates it while he's out there, and he's like, no, no, it's for your brother. It's for your good. I'm saving your life. I'm, I'm saving <laughs> your life. I'm going to bring Richard Steele out here and, and save that life. I saved that man lie. <laughs> yeah. What? Are you, are you kidding me? No, I'm not. This is how we do it now. You can't pitch. We hired you to pitch, but you can't pitch. Because he had thrown two innings a couple days before? Too much wear and tear. We don't want to wear the kid down. A no-hitter in the major leagues? Oh. An opportunity for a no-hitter? Omar, come on. Oh, come on! <laughs> You're eight outs away from a no-hitter? Yes. From being in the record book for eternity? Yes. That's just unreal. Sick. But this is how the game is nowadays. It's just like every major sport, you can find some kind of flaw with you know the way that they operate now. This is just not cool. There's always some kind of pan, pandering or babying that goes on to the players that the players really aren't interested in. No. I haven't seen any player that was like, yeah, come, come coach, come get me. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at 86 pitches. Or I'm at, no. Yeah, you know, they're like, hey, man, come on. And the kid was at let 82 me, pitches. Let me, let me throw my arm out. I, I need to be in that record book. I need to be in the book. This can be the highlight for the Orioles season. I probably could throw uh, 200 pitches if I, if I had to. If I had to. If I had to. Just I like Nolan Ryan used to. Unbelievable. I, this is this is a serious problem that I have with the game, folks. And this is all another part of analytics as well, because analytics has said in the past that once you get to 100 pitches, usually your game declines. Right. I just figure to me that you just need to figure another way to get people out. Because right. Usually, when you go three times through the lineup, there's some kind of way that you need to figure out how to get guys out. It's hard to get guys out four times, and that's that's the game. That's the game within the game. Right. You don't give up and say, "Okay, well, let me go bring in another pitch." Well, I guess you should if you're looking at it from a wins perspective if they told you I can I can understand wins but this isn't this isn't that no because the Orioles aren't going anywhere the Orioles aren't going anywhere except for to beat them on the Yankees apparently yeah and so you know terrible okay let's move on to the the American League East I actually think the Red Sox just woke up last night and uh and and it's it's the Red Sox have been we're on a four-game losing streak and I think they just snapped that they had that hangover yeah I think they had the, the World Series hangover and you saw some of that 2018 magic Last night. They're just too good. They just have too much talent on their team to fail. I feel the same way. But the Houston Nationals are still the best team in the American League. Still. And they're struggling. I don't know about still because last well, year they the Red Sox won the World yeah. Series. Yeah. They and did. they and the Red Sox won 108 games last yeah. year. How many did the Astros win? I want to say 103. 103. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? The Astros actually moved a lot of guys out. I was surprised by that. Marwin, the Marwin got gone. Yeah, I felt like Marwin was part of you guys' core organization. Yeah, Marwin is like a sneaky key piece. He's a, that, that's what I really feel but like. But they brought in the Letterman's Diaz, who they're going to And they also brought in Michael Brantley. Yes, Michael Brantley is a big pickup. I mean, that dude can swing stick against. As long as he's healthy, he as can swing. As long as he's it. healthy, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah, he can swing it. Wow, gives you great outfield. Cubs kicking the ball around. Worse, they look terrible. The Cubs look terrible. <laughs> they look terrible. What are they of, doing? A lot of baseballs being thrown around. It's not because of the cold, just bad decisions. I yeah, watched that game. I was, focus. Like, I was on the phone with you when I was yeah. watching. I was like, ooh, this is terrible. They're throwing it around. Then I watched Chris Bryant couldn't get a hold of a ball. John Lester just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I, I think the Cubs are better than they're playing. There's a lot of teams, obviously. It's the first week of the season. So there's a lot of teams that are better than, than how they seem right now. Yeah, but what I've seen so far... And and certain teams, sorry, have already gotten there. Because right. Because you know what? The Milwaukee Brewers are there. Yeah. You can see the hunger it's that they kids. have yeah. that, that from last year. And if these kids come through for them, they're going to be a problem. Just like the Cardinals. Man, but the I've Cardinals. seen a lot of drop balls, the fly balls by outfielders. I got another beef. What kind? 
What? This is this is Angus beef, boy. <laughs> Fresh <laughs> off of a Texas ranch. This is Tillerson talking to you now. <laughs> and the problem is, why in the world do all of these official scorers give so many base hits on major league plays that need to be made? Weak sauce. Man, they these just, are not Sunday league plays. This, this, you're in the show. You're getting millions. I expect a high grade. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at 98% of the plays need to be made. Yes. Because this is the product that I'm this selling. This is the show. It's supposed to be an elite package. <laughs> I'm, I'm signing up for the elite package. Yes. I'll take all the channels. <laughs> yes. This is the elite and package. And I don't need to see cats out there dropping balls and getting base hits. And then putting it on the pitchers. Yeah. Basically. Which is crazy. If they were going to change anything for scoring, like I always said, just like in football as well, is that I would change the interception rule. But in baseball also, I, if you're going to blame somebody because the pitcher actually gets blamed at the end of the day. He gets blamed. And he should actually make more money than everybody because he is getting blamed is that you should put wins and losses on every player since we can blame people. I'm putting wins and losses on, on all, all you- y'all players. <laughs> <laughs> Shoe program. Cleats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if we're going to do that, pass it off to the guy who who missed, didn't make his play. Dude, you missed the ground ball. It went through, went through the wickets. It's going to mess up his war. <laughs> what is it good for? <laughs> all right, then let's move west-west. Did Cody Bellinger finally figure it out? Nah, I mean, I I need more than the the five game sample size. Yeah, five game sample size because you. I will say he went deep on an off speed pitch. I was surprised about that. Well, it's not even a problem about he can hit off speed pitches. It's just in the sequence that he receives them is the problem, and it just seems like right and now, that sequence that comes in October is yeah. a sequence that he can't wrap his head around. Well, and I also feel like the sequence that they're going to adjust to when they figure when they go against better pitchers. He hit a bomb off of Madison Bumgarner though. He did big bomb too. Madison Bumgarner didn't really look good in his first start either though. But he didn't look bad in the second one where he, no, he hit where the they, bomb. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just feel like that once you go against some of the better teams and some of the teams that are going to give you a, a better scouting report and then they reflect back to what the, the Astros had done to him and what the Red Sox had done to him, that he's going to be back in that hole if he doesn't figure it out. I, don't, I didn't see anybody pitch him like they pitched him in the postseason. No. And, and, I, I and you feel that. like, and I don't either because it almost feels like they save it. Yeah, they're like, okay. Just to mess up his mind. <laughs> We're going to mess it up. <laughs> and hopefully the kid makes the adjustments because he has, it, he has unlimited potential. Unlimited potential. His skills are extraordinary. It's just that he has to choose to actually make contact with the baseball as opposed to only going. I actually fear that this hot start and him hitting another 35 or 40 bombs could actually completely work against him. I don't because this is what society wants nowadays. They want the long ball. It was just like when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were hitting all the bombs and everybody was on the, the bomb train, you know. Right. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, what train signing up now, please load up the bomb train. <laughs> but, you know, now boarding the bomb train on track five. <laughs> bomb train on track five. All aboard. <laughs> boop, boop. <laughs> no, but, you know, because. Everybody loved it until they found out how they were actually doing it. Now, the game hurts or it's being sacrificed at the... at The the altar of mediocrity. Yes. The altar of extremity. Yeah. I mean, we're sacrificing. I saw Harold Reynolds talking about it on MLB TV. I was agreeing with him because he's talking about, hey, man, they're giving you the whole left side of the field or the whole right side of the totally field. Totally disrespectful. That's disrespecting your game. It used to be, used to be embarrassed to strike out. Now it's like, oh, well... Yeah, you I'll know, get a bomb. I'll get a bomb, and everybody will forget about it. They, exactly. But then you watch the teams that actually win the championships play the game the right way. They sure do. 
It's about defense. It's about getting big, timely base hits. It's about moving runners pitching. over. Yeah, and it's not big about big walks. Yeah, and you're not going to get that three run bomb all the time. Right. That's the old school American League style of baseball. And you do get it if all the pitcher wants to do is get strikeouts. Yeah. It's a very interesting evolution of the game. Um, do you like it? Not at this point. I have to say, I don't like where it's going. I love watching the game because you know I have my own take on the game, but and which I, is? I, I don't like watching these guys play the game in the new style, if you will, which is not the most effective style of right. the game. It is a stats first approach to the game, right? You know, and the stats are eye popping, but it isn't necessarily the most efficient to help a team win, and that that bothers me. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate, like the teams, the Cardinals. and even They always play the game. Tampa right Bay. Way. Tampa Bay doesn't have a lot of pop, so they play small ball and, and learn and how defense. to win games. And defense and learn and pitching. And they play the game the right way. And that's why they can stick up on you. so dirty, Alvarado, that they got. Oh, yeah. They have a couple of pitchers. Stanek. Man. Um, they have uh, they have a lot of pitchers. And they got a bunch of kids in the minor leagues that are ready to come up, too. So... But they play the game the right way, and I think that it's great for them to just have one power hitter like they used to have back in the day. You had Jack Clark. Yeah, one dude. Oh, dude, Jack Clark, man. 28 bombs. <laughs> 28 bombs. You love crack your head. He's like, 28 bombs? Dude, 28 bombs? Now he, dudes he, have that at, at, you know. Half at all-star break. Yeah. But a dude will hit 28 bombs because the rest of the people in the lineup are hitting 280, yeah. 290. It's hard to get them to not make contact. Right. Very interesting. Got a got a – Quite a few injuries have popped up already in this first week. Especially for the Yankees. Big loss for Daniel Murphy and the and the Rockies. Yes. Broken finger. Big loss for Trey Turner and the and the Washington. Because uh, he's out indefinitely. Yeah, big loss. I don't know if it was a big loss for the Yankees for Tulo to go out. No, because, because you expected it. You expected that, but didn't but then when what's his Andrew Hard went down, that is a loss, even though you pick up with DJ LeMayhew, they're gonna need their their full Compliment uh, of of players. They're gonna need their full complement of players to really get it crunk. Yeah, and good coaching. And I don't think that they have it, man. Because he's 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 looked so far just like he did last year. Terrible in managing the bullpen. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like it clicks for him. I don't know. Big Boone trying to get it together, and I don't know if he will. And I and that division can get out of hand quickly. <laughs> Go crazy. <laughs> yeah, that that division can get wild. All right, folks, moving on. I'm excited about this uh, Amir Khan-Terrence Crawford fight because, and I'm going to tell you why, because Amir Khan actually is a good boxer. He sure He is. just has a suspect chin, uh, but I don't see Terrence Crawford with crazy pop like that. No. And Amir Khan is fast, like really, really fundamentally fast. Fundamentally sound. He's fundamentally sound. And I think he's going to go to distance and he could actually get outpointed. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think they'll let that, that happen. But I think that um, I think that this will be a good test for Crawford at 47. Now, if Terrence Crawford goes in there and mops the floor with him, it's actually, in my opinion, is actually kind of a lose lose for Terrence Crawford mm-hmm. because if he mops the floor up with him, it's like oh he he beat up a guy who hadn't fought in a couple of years, and if he doesn't, then it's like oh see he was a fake, you know. And I'm interested now because all of a sudden everybody's woken up since Earl Spence has dominated Mikey Garcia. All of a sudden everybody's on the Earl Spence train. Well, I've heard a couple of people criticize him because he didn't knock Mikey out. Oh, man. I mean, he they should have stopped the fight. Yeah. And I feel like he carried him for a little bit too long before he got lost into wanting to knock him out. And it was too late by then because Mikey is an elite athlete. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited about that fight. There's a lot of of talk about the the kiss from Pulev to 
to the to the newscaster. Now, did you see the other side of that? I did see the the video. Yeah, where she's lap dancing. Yeah, and I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that's connected to the in in ring kiss. The whole thing just seems very bizarre. You know what I mean? And especially when he's saying, "Hey, no, I know her," but obviously she went and got Gloria Allred. She's ready to to pursue well, I haven't, action. I haven't heard her push pushback since they came out with the video of her lap dancing in the back room before the fight. I haven't heard that, but I've heard that there's a. Uh, but but you know she she did get Gloria Allred involved and she's getting you know she's she's pursuing litigation right but that was before the actual next video came out the first video when the first video of him kissing her came out that then a couple of days later that lap dance video came out and I haven't heard any response from her I haven't heard anything from Gloria Allred I don't know if she's contacting you about it <laughs> I hope not <laughs> cases on people I'm cool exactly I don't know about that I don't know what's going on uh, now. Our boy Triple G is on the zone and they're announcing that he's coming uh, to Madison Square Garden on June 8th uh, or, or the 14th just to get him a warm-up match to get to get crunk. I'm excited to see what the champ looks like to get himself back together. Um, and I wanted, well, I don't really cover much UFC, but I want to go ahead and say it. You know, Conor McGregor's a real piece of shit. He is. He's a terrible person. And he'll do anything to sell anything. Yeah. I mean, he's a snake oil guy. Yeah. And it's not really And he necessary. doesn't even seem like a good fighter anymore. Right. Well. At one point, he was a good fighter. Right. Which is how he got the hype. He knocked Jose Aldo out. I was watching that in, you know, 29 seconds. He did, you know, he, he, he had incredible wars and so on and so forth. But since the whole debacle with Floyd Mayweather... There seems to be a real, just a money grab kind of feel because he talked all that crazy talk against Khabib. And now he's doing it again because he wants one more money grab. Because he wants one more money grab. And I wouldn't be surprised if this guy actually killed him. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if you witnessed a guy die in the ring. He's talking about his wife. He's talking about his his father. He's talking about his religion. He's anything that you can think that's disrespectful to another man, he's doing it. And then he And Khabib has already shown you he will go snooker off the top rope into the crowd. Let alone after in the ring. people. And after on. I already submitted you, after I punished you for a while and then submitted you, I just wanted to punish you for a while. Yeah. That's what the good ones do. They punish you, then they take you That's out. what it is. That's yeah. what it is. And and I, I'm telling you, you this go around, if he takes this fight, I wouldn't be surprised if he does not, honestly, and, and, and I actually hope he doesn't take the fight because this is another money grab. For this dude to just try to 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 use this negativity to, to sell something, yeah, and the people should stop buying into all the negativity because it's not necessary. Because if it's I want necessary, if I want to watch you uh, fight. I want to watch you fight. Whether it's you you go slander somebody, I don't need to slander to go along or attach with it because you bring down the sport. You bring down other people for no reason just because you want to sell to sell a couple extra tickets or pay per views. It's not necessary. Why why is it that he has to go this route? Is just beyond me. It's really just, it's just really it's weak. It's weak. That's what it's it is. Really it's weak. weak. Shows weak character. That's what, exactly what it does. That's exactly what it does. And unfortunately, nowadays, weak character is constantly incentivized. Yeah. And it doesn't matter which level we're talking about. From the, from the bottom to the top, weak character is totally incentivized. And having a stance on something is punished. Yes. And Completely need, and totally. We, we need to change that in society. We need to change that. And it can start by Alex Rodriguez not being allowed to call any baseball <laughs> first and foremost on first and foremost stop ruining Sunday night baseball with Alex Rodriguez spewing his poison honestly 
I just as much as I love baseball, I can do without watching Sunday night baseball when he's. I do without watching Sunday yeah. night baseball because of him. I'd rather play the the the, the video game. The video I'd rather play game. MLB the show. Yeah, 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 for sure. Then listen to him call bad pitches. Oh, right here you should see a cutter on the outside. <laughs> Fastball down the gut. <laughs> nice call, you right? Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, folks. Did I, I don't know. know. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this final four. Well, one of the things you didn't cover in boxing is your boy Usyk moving up. You love Usyk. I know. Poor guy. Oh man. <laughs> oh no, dude. Well, you know what? I don't. I don't actually feel. I actually think he's. Uh, he's going to give a couple of guys problems. Yeah, that's, I, the only person I don't actually want to see him fight is Anthony Joshua, and that's the guy they're talking about him fighting. Of course, that's what he's supposed to be working up to. But then Klitschko said also, since he's coming back, that he's not going to fight him. What do you mean? Klitschko wouldn't fight Usyk. No, they're they're friends, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, and that makes sense. I understand that, but I would not mind seeing Usyk versus Deontay Wilder. Right. I wouldn't mind seeing Usyk versus Brazil. I wouldn't. There's a lot of guys I don't mind. Usyk once he gets his his bearing and his weight up and together, if he can fight around two fifteen, two twenty. With the athleticism and the fundamentals that he has, He'll be right there with Deontay Wilder. He is going to be and a he's problem. A my problem is that, you know, I think with Deontay Wilder is that he might start cherry-picking fights. We're about to see. Yeah. We're about to After find out. Dominic Brazil. What up, her? You got it. Oh, man, you tell us. You sound like you're in the, the, the hallway of the bowels of the stadium waiting to come out for the game. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, Echo Chamber? Get my high music ready. I'm ready to go. Do it for the tipper. Why? Because you saw Jai Morant just <laughs> claim that he's going to the NBA? Man, I'm not hyped about that. I'm happy for this young man, but you know, because Michigan State is in the Final Four. Icon. Man, and they and, and you know what? They took it to Duke, and uh, and one of the things that I felt like Duke was overrated, but one of the things that they did, and you saw it, being an elite school as far as athletically, they didn't crumble under the pressure. No. They did not. They played the, the perfect game. uh Cassius Winston only had, I'm going to call him Cassius because that's what his mama called him. That's what his mama <laughs> named him, but he only had one turnover. But, you know, it, it's, Duke was overrated all season. Zion Williamson was far from underrated. Much more better than uh, Ja Morant. But overall, it's like, uh, this played a, a great, uh, hell of a series. I think their toughest game for Michigan State was playing against the underrated Bradley, Bradley University. And, you know, as we all know, when you go against a team that you know that you can beat, you play to the level of your competition. And Bradley was not having that. Bradley was like, we're in the big dance. We're coming to play. So I think that prepared Michigan State to just, you know, for the for the other games to, to, to ball out. You know, they, they all around they got freshmen that, that played very good. They have the sophomores. They have the, the, the junior. They have the senior. So... Going into the tournament, you need all of that because, as we've seen, although you got Duke with four solid freshmen, only one of them was ready to play in the big game, and it showed. Yeah, and you know what? It's tough with freshmen. 
It's tough. Even even watching like how the Fab Five was, it's hard for those guys. And the truth of the matter is, is they're done. You know, the guys are going to the league, and that's that. And after watching Zion's game, I want the young man to go get paid. But I actually think he would benefit from like maybe one more year, half a season more. But maybe not. Maybe he can get that same experience right. in with professional training. You know, summer league work, professional work, because the the his game that's built around that crazy athleticism, which is unreal. Yes. There are a, a, a about forty dudes with crazy athleticism in the league, and you bully ball just won't work. Not unless you're Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, and you're not Shaquille O'Neal. Even if you watch when they played against Michigan State, okay, he got he made you know maybe two or three dunks, but prior to that, he was getting you know dunks on every play. He sure was. He was throughout the right, tournament, right? Right. So throughout the season, it just shows the difference that you know with great coaching and with a little bit. You know, and I said it all season. It's like, okay, you got 21-year-olds and 20-year-olds uh, on Michigan State. Now you about to play against dudes within the league that's a little bit more developed. So you Because they've, be been, they've been there. Yeah, and they're they, fundamentally they've been, sound. They've been in the program for a few years, and they're fundamentally sound, and they're great athletes. Yeah, and they're well-coached. Yeah, I they're mean, prepared. Because, there's, a, there's a game plan. Yes, because they did not crumble when the game was tight. They stayed there right with them. And one of the great adjustments that you watched was Murray State. I mean, not Murray State, but uh, Michigan State deny him the ball, you know, which was awesome because they doubled him and they dropped that back into that zone and he couldn't even get the ball. It's a lot of footwork. Yeah, there was a lot of great footwork that I saw being played against him. It was Duke was giving terrible entry passes. They sure were. It's trying to force it to him, and it's like. But see, but that's this is the point. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's that's not you know that's that's a that's evidence of not just playing enough together or not having enough experience on the higher level. You know how it is right. when you play with a team or another Teams, team that's you know going to push you like that because they had gotten away with the with wins those they last two games. They should have lost both of those previous games. They should have lost both of those previous games, and just the name alone, Duke, and playing against you know the other teams. Is, you go in, you're intimidated. And then you got this kid that's 6'6", 275. 285. Don't cheat him. What is he, 285? 285. Woo, he big slim, ain't he? That's a big fella. And I mean, gravity does not apply. Sure does not. I don't know if I've ever seen. He jumps like Vince Carter. He jumps like that, like crazy Dominique Wilkins, Vince Carter kind of jumping. And not just to dunk on people, just jumping. Gravity you can't get a shot off. You can't even get a jumper off. Like, yeah. damn. Right. You can't even get a jumper off from 24 feet because he's extended. <laughs> he's extended. Zion is extended. I think in his first year, he'll probably end up in a lot of foul trouble. Because, Maybe because he wants to do yeah, too much. He wants to do too but much. I, but I'll say this as well. You know, this to me, the Zion cam, the constant just oozing all over him every single time he got the ball by the announcers or every time he did anything. Oh, my God. Zion just ripped <laughs> off his warm-up. Yeah. Did you guys see this? Zion is now shooting free throws. <laughs> this just goes to show how how ridiculous it is that these guys don't get paid. Yes. Everybody in the country knows who Zion Williamson is. Yes. Because yeah. of the machine. You know, not just because of the – just because of the machine. And now, I agree. you know what I mean? It's just, it's it's yeah. really, there's no way to put a, 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 a more clear division line there, in my opinion. No. So what do you think the next? Pay, pay all the kids. So what do you think the next step is for Zion? 
Um, whatever team that picks them up first round, first pick, I will put them at the. I will. Mm, I will put them at the four. And I was. I'm saying this wow. because I want to change the game back. So if he goes in at the four and you get a, a, a Al Horford or a big man, hey, it's going back to the big man ball. And he can play that Charles Barkley type role. He doesn't have enough handles to to be the one. Does he, he have a shot? Doesn't shoot. Is he gets away with it? You know what I mean. So it's 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 not consistent. So he can't be the two, the three. Uh, the way the game is now, he can play the play the three. But if I was to draft him, I would definitely put him at that four and get me a big man and take these cats back to big man camp and let Zion be more of that Charles Barkley type dude where he can run up the court, get a re- almost like a point forward. Let him get the rebound and let him go. But in a half-court setting, um, just run Honestly, if Zion focused on becoming a more athletic version of Charles Barkley and not the Charles Barkley that everybody knows now as, a, as an analyst, uh-huh. the Charles Barkley that we grew up watching that was – Totally and completely Dominant. unstoppable. People really sleep he can, on. But Charles could shoot, and Zion really hasn't shown. Yeah, but that's why like I'm that. saying if he, if he, but Charles also had post moves. Charles yes. had defense, and post moves uh, are like non-existent and, and, anymore. And Charles could play above the rim. Yes, people all the way. Well, to we like know he, Zion can play above he, the rim. <laughs> but but this is what I'm saying. But Charles, and because Charles had all those fundamentals, when his game became less about playing above the rim and more about his jump shot, his footwork was already together, so that. He was easily transitioning to the later portions of his career. And I think what Zion would do would be smart to work with somebody. He would be great to go to that Hakeem Olajuwon school and go out there and get his – Like LeBron James. Think about how – you remember when LeBron James worked with Hakeem Olajuwon? His game went to the total next level. That footwork, you get your footwork game together and so on and so forth, man, forget about it. Yeah, I think he would be better at the three, though, because he would have to go against guys like the Greek Freak and dudes like that, and, and he's not going to be able and especially since he can't shoot. I don't think that he has the athleticism. He's a great athlete, but I don't think he has the athleticism of a, like a, the Greek Freak and some of the other power force that are in the league. I disagree with that. Yeah, I, I disagree. I, I don't know if there's – Well, maybe the coordination. Maybe I'm saying it wrong because I, the coordination that you need to be – because the no. Greek Freak is, is 6'10", and, he, and his wingspan is 6'8". I thought he was 6'6". Exactly. The Greek is 6'10", and he's only 225 pounds. Yeah. The and dude takes three steps to get to the to – the- Yeah, but besides that, you play this Greek freak once or twice a season. I, this is not – I don't wow, – I don't, You already got the schedule? I don't think – I got a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I got a schedule. He paid three. I talked to Adam Silver. They're only playing two or three times. <laughs> but, but regardless – you're putting it on like he got to play the Greek freak every night. There's no, one Greek freak. No, but and besides that, there are other power forwards out there that are just literally a handful. You got Marvin Bagley Jr. I'm talking about the size because I, I think that you're he's saying six, six. He, you're I saying, think that he's six six. I don't think that he's six eight. But Marvin Bagley Jr. is six ten as well. You got guys that now that since the game is slimmed down because I I love Zion because what he's showing you is that he could go back to the big man moves. He needs a lot of work. Yeah, and but but the guys that they the size matters in basketball, no doubt. And I think that he plays. I think he matches up with a guy like Blake Griffin. Do you with, with Blake? I yes. don't think so. And Blake is Blake is a is a Blake's numbers are crazy. He's and nuts. <laughs> Blake Blake is awesome. But what I'm saying is what I'm saying is Blake is six eight. Athletically, now see, I think Blake is taller than six eight. But but athletically, 
Blake is not – if the only way that athletically Blake is better than Zion is just because he's a grown man. Uh, and Zion is still going to grow into his body still and so on and so forth. But athletically, Zion can do anything. He just needs to learn. Wow. Yeah, Blake is 6'10", like 270. No, I'm talking about think your boy can do anything. Athletically, I think oh. I think Zion can do anything. Athletically, athletically, he's more he's more athletic, and I I, I hate to say this because I'm a Michigan fan. He's more athletic than than Draymond Green. And oh, Green no doubt. That's yeah, no doubt. But uh, but he's not a better basketball player than Draymond Green. Can't get not that. right now. No, not right. You know, now, Draymond no. will wet you up. Draymond can actually go coast to coast and handle the pill if you need to. Draymond, if necessary, Zion is can six, drop seven. can drop kick somebody in the nuts. Zion is six seven, and he's probably six six. I've heard he was six six. Mm, I had never met the young man. Yeah, but he jumps twelve feet. And so does most of the guys in the league. In the league, they they need to raise the rim. <laughs> they need to raise the rim. These dudes, <laughs> these dudes are come on. Yeah, but I but I agree with what you're saying. I think I think that Charles Barkley six five six four. Yeah, even though they claim six six. Me and Charles Barkley are like the same height. And so I don't – if if the kid got his game together with the athleticism that he has – matter of fact, you saw it in that game against Michigan State. I want to say the last point that he made was a nice fake right spin move left and came back and had an up and under. Yeah, it was beautiful. And, and then came back with the second – with the second – he missed the layup and came back with the tip in. Yeah. You know what I mean? These are the kind of moves that yeah, work that was, on every that was, level. That was against the, the other big man on that team, but the other big man gave him a problem. I saw that. Oh, the big man's always going to give you yeah, a problem. But this is what I'm saying. I don't think I, that's why I think he should be at the three and not the four, right? Because he doesn't have the size. But if you're at the three, the you have to play games with LeBron James. Yeah, but that, that, that's only three right. times. A year. That's only three times. I agree. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> is that we have a schedule. There's a lot more LeBron James in the league than there are Greek freaks. Are you crazy? No, there I'm is not. no a lot so, more LeBron James in the league. Come on, let's not play. There's no all way. of those three swing guards, all of those three swing guards are that kind of layout. Yeah, you know they're all but super I'm talking athletic, about athletic guys yeah. that that can do crazy stuff. Size matters so much in basketball that once you start getting past the six sixes and the six sevens, that the six tens and the seven footers, especially if they have size and fundamentals and skills and can shoot, they're a problem. Because even you're talking about a power forward that can take it. Say for instance, Lamarcus Aldridge. If Lamarcus Aldridge took him outside. He's he's not even effective in the game anymore. Well, no, see that, and I disagree. Yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge is playing center, and then besides that, they just moved him. Let, in, but he, let Lamarcus him Aldridge take him outside. That's what you want, Lamarcus Aldridge. If Lamarcus Aldridge wanted to punish him, he would take him inside. Yes, but I'm just talking about because not the problem because what they want now, and then they also are high on shooting, and I don't think I haven't seen the guy develop a shot yet. So I think that there's a lot of work. I agree with O because he needs to stay. To me, he needs to stay another year. But the cheese is there. He got to take. Yeah, you got to get his cheese. Got to get his cheese. But if they don't, since they don't want to pay him, yeah, which they should, which is ridiculous. But you know, but I I just feel like that he he needs to, he needs more seasoning. He needs to get. He obviously he's going to go to the summer league, but when he has to go against the big men and that bully ball situation that he's doing is not going to work on them. So I don't know. I mean, I think. You know what? He's, he's say, got a lot I'll to learn. He'll figure it out. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, he's only 19, I think, right? Yeah, he's a kid. He's a, and yeah. Which means that he's probably not done growing. And he's 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 a – I think the kid's going to be A-OK. Who he goes to is going to be essential. You know, which kind of program he goes to. If Zion Williamson ends up with a great coach, you can see something spectacular. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
if he ends up with a bum coach or ex-player that thinks he's good, <laughs> you know what I mean, that thinks he's a great around. coach, then, it, then he could end up being a bum. Honestly, I would love to see him play down in Miami with Hassan Whiteside and the crew that they got down there with Deion Waiters and all them kind of dudes, man. You would always love to see him play with a Popovich or somebody like that. Yeah, it's Pop- just that, you know, they Popovich aren't going to be high on the, well, then they're gonna, Yeah, know, and, and Popovich is never going to have another But he might pick. end up fooling around with Magic Johnson. <laughs> Which is I like I like what you said right there, Big O, because somebody like Miami, who's familiar with you know Pat Roddy, he's gonna get the pieces around you. This is what I'm saying, win, Jack. and make you a cornerstone. <clears throat> and if you get you get you know you get a guy that's a that uh, that that knows how to win in in meaning Pat Riley, and you get him around other players, just like how they got LeBron James around uh, uh, Dwayne Wade, who knew how to win. It was essential. It, this changed the legacy of LeBron James when he got down there, and you know, I don't, I can't say whether or not Chris Bosh already knew how to win because honestly, when you look back over it, Chris Bosh is a monster. Chris oh, Bosh's numbers are insane. Are you crazy? He's and, one of the best ever. And yeah, and with that though, he still hadn't won nothing. Yeah. Dwayne Wade was the only one down there who had already won. Him and Udonis Haslam, them boys that played with the Diesel, they learned yeah. how to win from Pat Riley and the Diesel, and they got it done. Yeah, but guess Chris Bosh was in Toronto. He wasn't playing with anybody. He played right. with Vince Carter and, you know, wasn't like a situation. But, but what I'm saying is, is like with the numerous yeah. games that we went to and watched that year, we watched Dwayne Wade bail LeBron James out several times. And I he never, was developing I him. never, And that's what I mean. And we didn't see that with Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh was there. Yeah. But if a Zion Williamson ends up in that kind of situation, it could be serious. I think you need to have a player down there that's already won, though, because that, Dwayne Wade. But Dwayne Wade retiring. I agree. Well, I, that's what Tip is just saying now about who are you arguing with, bro? He with myself, dude. <laughs> he just. Said, I gotta argue with somebody. He just said that, he, that that Pat Riley will get players around him who know how to win. That's the key. I don't know. You know what's the scary part about all that too? With Boston and Danny Ainge, he may make everything work so he can get numerous number one picks and Zion might be that one. I don't, I mean, he has too much competition out there because you got your man over here in Los Angeles with the Clippers that actually does the best business in town, who is Jerry West. So, you know, the you logo. have to, so if you're going to, huh? The logo. Yeah. So you got to, you got to oh. think about that. Jerry West is not just going to let people sneak up and get, grab players on him. And then also you have Pat Riley that's a you know a great GM. Well, you know you have other players in the draft as well. We can't just get hung up on this one guy. I'm not because hung up unless on him at he all. gets unless he becomes the player that he has the potential to be by the hard work and the right instruction. Mm-hmm. He's you know he's Harold Miner. Yeah. So, you want Harold Miner? I would I would go with uh, your man that Michael Jordan had that loved. Kwame. Kwame Brown. That's Kwame what I said. Brown, yeah. I said that's funny that you said that because I said that oh, before. I said yeah, not on the broadcast, but oh. I was just talking to somebody about that, and that's what I said. I said you know what? If it doesn't, if he doesn't get the right support, he can mess around and be Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown, mm-hmm. who just got popped for some <laughs> weed possession, who turned into Kwame Kilpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know what I wanted to talk to Kenny Lofton about the other week? What? Esteban Loiza being the kingpin. Right. Wow. Well, we didn't get to speak about yeah. that. That's a true story. And uh, and I, I wanted to get his take on that. Esteban Loaiza, pitcher for the White Sox and several other major and leagues. And the Dodgers. And, yeah, uh, who made $40, 50000000 million over the course of his career what in the late cutter. 90s and early <laughs> yeah early 2000s with a crazy cutter. He ended up using that cut to put some procaine on some cocaine <laughs> and ended up trafficking it to the some next cocaine. <laughs> he was in love with the cocaine. <laughs> and he did. And now he's looking at like life in prison. Life. Oof. 
He's living the dream. Man. He's loving the life. Man. So, uh, real quick, we got to go uh, do it for the tipper, but let's get your predictions for these two games. Lay it on us. All right. Early on the season, I mentioned Michigan State was going to be the national champion. You sure did. Uh, this year in college basketball. Right now, we have number five, Auburn, versus going against number one, Virginia. Um, I like Bruce Pearl. I like Bruce Pearl. He has the kids playing. The tough thing about that is uh, they lost a kid with the MCL, MCL ACL yeah. um, there during the game. But that sometimes motivates, and it, it creates a storybook ending. Um, so I'm going to go with Auburn. Wow. My boys, Michigan State. Michigan State is playing against Texas Tech, a really aggressive team on offense, a really aggressive team on defense. But I think with them being this being their first time uh, being this deep in the um, the tournament, Tom Izzo will find a way to pull a win with Cassius. His mama name of Cassius, so I'm going to call him Cassius Winston. <laughs> And them Spartans, um, and just really, really quick, want y'all intake. Um, Cassius Winston is a, is a is a junior. Should he leave this year as the National Player of the Year, or should he stay one more season, or does he have anything else left to prove? My input with it is that you should always go get that money because you can go I blow agree. your leg out and then then that's the end of your whatever. I because agree. you got to take it while it's hot. You don't get anything from college to me, but not like you're not getting an education. I know what you mean, but but you should go and get the money. The goal the, money. the goal of a college education is twofold. It's one for you to find yourself and to find your identity of who you are as an individual and how to succeed in society, and the other one is to find the actual. Uh, uh, what and, and along with that first part is to learn how to think on the higher level of society. Right. And the the second part is is the actual practical portion of finding what it is that you want to do or applying said knowledge so that you can take care of your life and your family. And what we see with these athletes is for some reason that second portion is always like people always uh, act like it doesn't count. The guys have found if you're on this high level, you found what it is that you're supposed to be doing to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. And if that five million dollar rookie deal presents itself or whatever it is, five million dollars is more money than most of the world. Most of the seven billion people in the world won't make five million dollars their entire lives. It's a true story. Most I would say ninety percent, maybe ninety five percent. I'm talking lifetime earnings. And you're going to tell some kids, most of which who are from an area that are not impoverished, yeah, that that, that are not well to do, that are impoverished, impoverished, that they shouldn't go and get their money. Yeah, I've never understood that. I never, I don't get it. It'd be well, different man. if it'd be different if college said that they were going to pay some of these kids and give them an incentive to stay. Just now, right now, especially the college education not being what it was in the past, you can't use that as a a form of incentive to stay there. Well, you can, but if you're talking about getting a college education for a kid that's a freshman versus a kid that's a, a, a senior, is two different animals, you know. So, like, if you're playing AAU ball your whole career, yeah. your whole teenage life, and then you get what you need to do to get to college. So, once you perform at that highest level, the dream is what exactly that million dollar contract to so. go get it and to get your million dollar spot. Now, I'll, I put it like this as well: when in the Bay Area in the 90s, in the late 90s, at school at San Jose State, they used to hire kids. The, the All of the technology companies used to hire our friends that knew what they were doing, regardless of them still being in school. They would hire them full-time to go do tech work. 
and to be engineers, even if they didn't have the certification of being engineers because they needed their sites built. They needed the infrastructure of the future built. So nobody ever told any of my friends that you shouldn't take this $150,000 job instead of your meal card and blah, blah, blah. That only seems to apply for athletes. Right. You know? It's crazy, right? It is. It is. Because they want to milk the athletes. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. All right, do it for the tip. We appreciate it. And I tell you what, you're gonna you're gonna get a, a gift from the Ozone if Michigan State wins this championship because you I, I, honestly you said it early in the year and I should have bet it early in the year <laughs> because they're 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 on the cusp and that would have been a big money bet if you could have done big that, money. man. Big money. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Family of the Ozone, do it for the tipper. Tell the people where they can find you online. You can find me at do it for the number four the tipper. Do it. For or the number four, the tipper. T H A. You can catch me on uh, what is it? Twitter. On the Twitter space. All right. Peace. All right, folks. We got about a lot more to cover for you, but we're gonna have to come back with a, a, a national championship preview episode because uh, we we gotta go. All right. Gonna leave you with a quote from the mighty, mighty greatest soccer player of all time, Pele, and he said, "Success is no accident." It is hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, sacrifice, and most of all, love of what you are doing or learning to do. Love what you're doing, folks. And if you don't, go find something that you do love and put your life and passion, pour yourself into it. I'm Omar Miller, your host. This is Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the life.